sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three of Green and Growing. Thanks for being here, listening to 95.5 WSB. Throughout the weekend, you know there's going to be traffic tie-ups. You know there's going to be weather updates that you need to hear. So this is the place for 24-hour traffic updates. We always have someone in the traffic center. And, of course, Brad uh, Nitz is along for Kirk Mellish all weekend long to keep you up to date with everything you need to know how to plan your holiday weekend. Hopefully you started it off pretty well yesterday and continue to celebrate. Just do so safely today and tomorrow. You got some time outdoors this weekend for sure. 404-872-0750. Had a call from Rachel in coming and she had to drop off. But Rachel, if you're still listening, you had a really good question about transplanting gardenias. And that is a really good question to ask. I think now that everything's growing larger and starting to flower out and we're seeing you know, the sizes of our shrubs increasing, it always gets people thinking, okay, this isn't in the best spot. Like I put a tea olive next to my Chinese fringe, my Laura Pedlum, like that I use as foundation uh, shrubs against the house. And the tea olive, it's just not, it, it's not given the space that it needs now that it's larger. I wish I had known um, up against the Laura Pedlum. So yeah, you kind of start to think in this time of year, like, oh gosh, I'm going to need to move that. When am I going to do that? Most shrubs like that and flowering shrubs are no exception best moved in the fall. Uh, That way the plant has finished blooming in the case of gardenias and especially azaleas and all of that finished blooming. You're not going to have the heat stress. We never want to move anything in the summer if it can be avoided. And then summertime, you know, if you're taking vacation or you're going to be away, you're not going to be there to be vigilant about watering something really, really well that's been transplanted. So that's going to stress it out. But the weather's cooler, the plant's slowing down. So a week after transplanting something like a gardenia, You can prune the bushes back. Don't do that immediately, but give it a week or so to acclimate to its new area. Prune the branches back. And like I said earlier in the show, if you need to reduce the size of something, prune at the right time, but prune back maybe just a quarter or a third of the shrub at a time. So over time, that's going to reduce the size of the shrub. Um, And then that's less energy that it needs, and it can focus more on strengthening the roots and acclimating to the new area. But Always, when you're transplanting something in the fall, whether it is a tree or a shrub or something like that, prepare the new area first. That's the first thing you want to do is get that new hole ready. And generally, the hole needs to be wider than it is deep. We make the mistake of just digging, digging, digging with a shovel and going really deep. But do a wide area. That way, the roots are going to be real happy, just laid out, you know, not tangled or anything like that, laid out in the hole Don't amend the soil too much. There's been different schools of thought with that for sure. But if you put too much soil amender in that hole, it's going to be great. It's going to be healthy. It's going to be a really good spot, but you're not amending the whole area. So keep in mind the roots, eventually you're going to want them to grow out of that area and into the dirt that you didn't disturb. And the roots are going to go, oh, this this clay, this isn't as nice as where I started off. So that may stunt root growth for sure. So Don't be so concerned with soil amenders, but just really moving the soil very, very well, freshening it up, loosening it up, um, adding some new soil to the area if need be, if all you have is just solid red clay. But a great question and a good thought there, Rachel, with uh, transplanting the gardenia. Wait till fall. I know we'll get a lot of questions about that when the time is right. 404-872-0750 and something we talked about earlier in the show, lizards and Gerald in Atlanta calling in about lizards. Hey, Gerald, good morning. 
Hey, Ashton, how you doing? Good. So what's your, what's your thought here? First of all, thanks for being there today, Ashton. I thought you might take the day off. I was surprised that you were even on the air this morning. Me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really glad you're there. Thanks. Listen, um, I want to comment on the lady's comment about not seeing lizards. Yeah. Because I lived in this house now in Cascade Heights for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the past three years, three, five years or so, we now have lizards. We have lizards big time. And so weird. You know, she called to say she didn't have any lizards all of a sudden. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I now have lizards. I've lived here for 50 years, never had lizards before. And now I got lizards big time. And I talked to my buddy Todd in Midtown. Mm-hmm. He told me he got lizards. He has lizards too. Huh. Now, I have added a deck, a full sun deck, onto the back of the house, and it's filled with plants. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of places lizards can hide. It's like yes. you said. You know, there's lots of places lizards can hide. So maybe that's why they're there. But I, I, all of a sudden, yeah. I've got lizards. Yeah, and I mean, they're not hurting anything, right? You're not seeing nope, any damage. No, nope, not bothering anything at all. Yeah, it, you know, and I mean, I've even looked at, like, official publications and things just to see if there was maybe some, you know, rash of lizard shortages this year or something like that, something that okay. I wasn't aware of. But no, okay. I mean, it's that just may be, she was in Fayette County, I think, so that just may be something environmental that changed in her area. But yeah, I like having them around, and congratulations on the new deck. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I got a nice deck, and I got, and th- now this year, now I have hummingbirds, and I had hummingbirds here before, hummingbirds, and I got, well, at nighttime, I got bats. Wow, really? So yeah, I got a lot of stuff over here. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Now, what it's are like you, it's changing. What are you doing for the hummingbirds? Are you doing anything, or? <clears throat> Not a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> well, hey, that's all right. You're lucky to have Nothing them. So maybe people no, around got, you have, you know, flowers that they're attracted to or put out feeders. I've got a bird feeder out, but the bird mm-hmm. feeder attracts, like, house finches and cardinals and stuff like that, you know. Wow, Gerald, you sound like you have a little oasis there. I love it. I really do. I really do. i got American goldfinches. i got all kinds of stuff back here. Yeah, but, and um, they like Niger seed as well. I think it's N-Y-G-E-R, I think. Niger seed is like little black, thin, almost pellets of rice, but skinnier. The goldfinches love that. Really? Yeah, so that's a really Let good seed see. to have. And the feeder that you would have for a goldfinch is more of a skilly, uh, a skilly, a thin cylinder, a skinny cylinder feeder. And really, that only attracts finches. You may see others from time to time. But the only thing about the Niger seed, if you put too much in a goldfinch feeder, mm-hmm. it's really susceptible to clumping up and molding <clears throat> when it stays wet. So I okay. wouldn't ever fill the feeder full because I just don't think they're going to go through it fast enough before it can start to get moldy and, and clumped up or whatever. But to, to draw more goldfinches, that's going to be a great seed to use. I'll tell you what I've been, what I've been using. I've been using this little kind of like a donut sort of thing that I bought from Pike Nursery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, a, like one, for, one says sunflowers and it attracts goldfinches mm. and then the other is uh, multicolored, multi attracts cardinals and finches and stuff like that. But it's like a little it's like a little donut thing. I put it on a string. I tie the string onto a stick and hang the stick over the side of the deck. Kind of hard to explain, but anyway. But that's what's what I do. I put it, but I put it out and then I take it back in because I don't. If I leave it out here, the squirrels are coming. Yeah, the squirrels they'll will ruin it. Yes, they so, will eat yeah, it all. So yeah, put that in the morning and feed the squirrel, feed the birds, and I take it back in in the afternoon. Nice. Now, are you yeah. on Facebook, Gerald? No, I'm not. Okay. I should be. Asked. Oh. I'm going to be on Facebook soon. Now, there yet. Well, I was going to say, like, I'd love to see a picture of that, and I'm actually headed out to Pike on Monday, so I might just look for the donut thing you're talking about. But that's yeah, pretty yeah, neat. like three ninety nine steaks, um, S T A K. M.S. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that's, yeah. Oh. Actually, one, one other thing I want to tell you real quick. Sure. My, my Casablanca Lily, Walter used to call me Casablanca Gerald because I brag my Casablanca Lily. Uh-huh. But, uh, my Casablanca Lily this year just bloomed. My biggest Casablanca Lily I'm looking at now was seven and a half feet tall. Wow, really? Yeah. And I want to split it. I want to split it at some point. 
When is a good time to split up this Casablanca lily? It's growing in a pot on the deck. I think once the blooms have expired and once the foliage really starts to expire too, but don't okay. cut any as long as the leaves are still green, don't cut them, don't don't do anything cuz they put, right. you know, energy back into the the tuber, exactly. the bulb, whatever. So, yeah. I would I, yeah, I would definitely say um, maybe I don't know, August, September is a good time to do that. And just make sure when you're dividing things that you have to do a cut like a larger rhizome or something, a good okay. garden knife, you know, to make clean okay. cuts and all of that. Okay. But, oh, I just I Googled Casablanca Lily. My gosh, they're beautiful. They really are. I love them. I Good love for them. You. Where I, did I, you I get them? Do you remember originally? I had no idea. I ordered them someplace, some, some catalog. I don't know where I got them from, though. But I've had them for like three or five years now. But now, every year, they come back and they're bigger and bigger. But So now I want to, put them, I want to split them up. Yes. So I want to have even more. Because yeah, I don't remember where I got it from, but it's beautiful, though. It really is. Yeah, and see, that's the great thing, too, about those bulb flowers and things like that as they start to really spread and multiply and we can start off with such a small collection exactly. and then over time yeah if it's something we love it just increases and then we can get it to the point where we share it with others and i love that oh and, you, and i hear the birds in the background gerald i'm loving yeah, I'm, I'm loving your spot <laughs> i'm on the deck last thing last week i had 13 white casablanca blooms at one time 13 yeah yeah incredible different heights you're incredible you've got to get on facebook and just start posting pictures of stuff i'm telling you i do i I'll would follow there. you i would totally all right, take care <laughs> thank you for being there Ashley. yes thank you gerald happy fourth all right thank you bye-bye oh good to hear from you again gerald and also when he's talking about the hummingbirds which is so cool he has them passing through his his yard and he's not really doing anything necessarily to attract them. So many flowers that are friendly for pollinators. Like we talked a couple of weeks ago when it was national pollinators week, just being thinking about attracting the hummingbirds and the bees and things like that. Lantana and butterfly bush and milkweed and all these kinds of things. Milkweed, caterpillars and butterflies love that. But for the hummingbirds, just a reminder for all of you, whether you have feeders now or not, it's not too late to put them out to attract the hummingbirds, but they may, you know, be late to finding them this season, but if you put them up now and then next year, they're going to start knowing to come back. They those rufous hummingbirds just they they come back year after year. But so four parts water, one part sugar. You could just make your own nectar. Four parts water to one part sugar, and you don't even have to boil the water. Just get it hot enough to melt the sugar, stir the sugar in, let it cool. Put it in the feeder. I have much better success with uh, plastic feeders than I do glass. I've had squirrels knock over the glass ones, and they get too hot. And I think the the nectar starts to mold, and you've got black mildew and things on the inside, which you don't want. Hummingbirds can get so sick if we don't clean out the feeders. So refill your feeders with that formula. You don't have to use red food coloring. That's a myth. All the feeders have red on them. That's that's totally sufficient. But cleaning those feeders at least two times a year, if not three, take that feeder apart, all parts of it. Clean it real good. I've got a toothbrush. I've got a paper towel. I've got Dawn. I've got everything, toothpicks, pipe cleaners, trying to clean out those feeders and get rid of the mildew. But the sunnier it is, the more sun it gets, you're going to get some black mold in there. So cleaning those and refilling those. I refill. I change out the water in my hummingbird feeder about every second to third week. Um, and I only do two cups at a time. That way, you know, it doesn't get molded if I do four cups all at once. But great thing to do to attract hummingbirds to your space for sure. So Chris and Conyers and Tommy and Lithia Springs, we're going to be talking to you up next. We're going to take a break. Check news, weather and traffic. We'll be back on Green and Growing on WSB. This land is your land and this land is my land. California to the New York Island, from the 
Welcome back to the show. Of course, a patriotic theme. We love our country. Happy birthday, America, and happy Independence Day to all of you. I hope you've got some nice plans just to relax this weekend. You deserve it. You've been stressed. You've had a lot going on. It's been a busy spring and summer for sure. So take some time to just relax and take some time for yourself. Maybe just get out in the yard, bring a glass of sweet tea out there, find some nice place to sit like Gerald was. You could hear the birds chirping early morning is my favorite time to be on the back deck. So the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, high around 90, lows only down to 70. Mix of sun and clouds. Afternoon or early evening thunderstorm is possible. 30% chance for rain tomorrow. Less of a chance, but an isolated thunderstorm here or there because, of course, it's summer in Atlanta. High of around 89 and low around 71 again. 404 Four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Chris and Conyers. Hey, good morning. Thanks for waiting. I have a question, but I have two actually. But the question I was asking about was the weeds. I, I don't know what happened this year, but my backyard is is uh, it's a lot of it's a ton of weeds back there, and I was wondering what I can do. I do have some liquid uh, weed kill, uh-huh. and I was wondering if that I have some image. I was wondering if I can apply that now. And the other question I didn't get a chance to, maybe we can talk a little about it over under, over the air. Um, I bought some knockout roses that was on clearance that's pretty dead. Can I put those in the ground now and clean them up and put them in the ground and just uh, get them ready for next year? Okay, the knockout roses, yes, but you need to be around and make sure to keep them watered, keep them watered a lot. Um, are you going to be able to do that? Oh, yes, I can do that. Yeah, I think you'll have some good success. And if there's a couple of branches or limbs that are starting to die back or leaf clusters that are starting to turn a little yellow, go ahead and feel free to remove those. That's easy. Now, what uh, lawn do you have? What grass do you have? Uh, fescue is in the back and the Bermuda uh, uh, is in the front. The problem is in the back, the uh, fescue. Okay, that's the fescue. Okay, yeah, and right now, obviously, with that cooler season grass we are starting to see a lot of weeds there chris so image is a good product you just have to make sure that the time is right because oftentimes it is kind of a all-in-one weed killer just ready to spray ready to go so i think that's probably a little safer than doing roundup and i'm also pulling up the calendar that i want to tell you about because i live and die by this calendar where is it uh when you go to walterreeves.com and type lawn care calendar uh, that is, why am I not finding this? Uh, lawn care calendar is going to be a really, really good calendar for you to follow for fescue. You pick the one for fescue and literally look at it month to month to see what you need to be doing. But a pre-emergent that you want to get to the weeds before they germinate, that's going to be the best thing for you to stay on top of, Chris. So pre-emergence in fescue Stay on top of that. You want to apply the one around March 15th, and that's going to control all the summer weeds and things like that. And now coming up in late August, September, another time for a pre-emergent to get to the winter weeds and things. Because, you know, the fescue is going to stay green for us all winter long, right? So two applications per year of a pre-emergent to stay ahead of the weeds. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take at least probably three applications. So that's a year and a half to get ahead of the weeds. We want to get to them before they germinate. But also just focus right now. You can spot treat the weeds, but focus right now on keeping that fescue strong and healthy because the tougher it is, it's going to choke out the weeds, right? So what we talked about earlier in the show, watering more for longer periods of time rather than short intervals of watering your lawn. So at least an inch 
per week, if not more. But don't just water a little bit one day. Go back out there on a Thursday, water a little more. That's going to really help build the deep roots for the fescue. So thanks so much for the call, and good luck with the knockout rose. I think you're fine to do that. Just wear some good gloves so you don't get pricked. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. we got about a minute and a half to share this with you, so we know that Chris is going to be planting a knockout rose. You can certainly do that. You're not going to get as many blooms you know, throughout the rest of the summer as you normally would. But some of you are finding plants on clearance right now. I love it. Give it a shot. It's discounted. It's marked down. It's something pretty. Give it a shot. Give it a home. So number one, continue deadheading flowering annuals and perennials knockouts. I actually just deadheaded my knockouts the other day. But also think of little flowering plants, you know, smaller like petunias, dianthus, coreopsis, and impatience. Just go out there either with a sharp fingernail or a little set of pruners and just deadhead those. That frees up energy for the rest of the plant. Number two, protect the leaves of your fruit and your vegetable plants from unwanted pests. I was out this week more focusing on the caterpillars, trying to keep tomato hornworm and things away from my tomatoes. So apply BT, Bacillus thuringiensis. I almost get it right every time. But BT, that's the active ingredient that targets caterpillars and worms. You have to spray the undersides of the leaves too. Most of the time, read the label, but any product where BT is the active ingredient for that, it is safe to use up to harvest. So if you've already got some fruits and vegetables on your plants, that's going to be okay. And number three, it's time to spruce up the deck or the patio. We've talked to a number of you enjoying your outdoor spaces. So using a deck wash, make sure it doesn't hurt your surrounding plants. Cover them with the tarp. Protect them if you need to do anything like that. Spray with a hose immediately after using any wash product. But get out there with a pressure washer, maybe just some baking soda, plain water. That'll clean things up nicely for you. All right, going to step out on green and growing and back with your calls very soon. 404 872 From California to the New York Island. Redwood Forest, the Gulf Stream water. Oh yeah, the grass is green. I'm gonna live where the green grass grows. The grass is always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July. Thanks for being here. You're listening to Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca here on 95.5 WSP. It's just a little after 8.30. And all of you that have listened to the show for years, you know what that means. It's time for Pike Nursery to join us. I want to keep you up to date on the latest merchandise they've got in the store, what's in stock, what you need to be planting right now, and couldn't do it without the help of uh, Pike Associates. We've got a regional manager on with us, Kara Ziegler. You've been on before. Good morning, Kara. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. So what are the weekend plans? Happy Independence Day. Yeah, same to you. Well, we've got a lot of neat stuff that you can come down and uh, find with us to celebrate your 4th of July weekend. We have a lot of things that you can use to plant a patriotic container garden and fill them with red, white, and blue plants and things that that will bloom now and get you all the way through Labor Day. I mean, that's just something that I see in a magazine, Kara, when I'm I'm thinking of you talking like that. Like, 
a themed cookout and barbecue and you want everything to look really good for your guests, whether it's when they walk up to the front door or all of you are just enjoying something out on the back deck. So tell me what kind of flowers, it would be a little tricky, challenging for me to think of what flowers or plants that I could use that are red, white, and blue. What are good for those containers? Well, really, if you have full sun or shade, we have plants for both. So if you've got, you know, six to eight hours of sun, I would recommend doing angelonia. Angelonia has, you know, a nice solid white color that you could put in the middle of the pot. That could really be your thriller. And then you could fill in with anything like vinca, which comes in nice red colors, and do that kind of in the center as your filler. And then you would could plant the evolvulus that blew my mind, Blue Days, which is a <laughs> tried and true, so easy plant that will spill over the side and really give you that red, white, and blue look. Blew my mind. I love that. That's a clever name. <laughs> Isn't that, that great? Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that plant. And then if you've got a lot of shade, there's also a lot of options. You know, New Guinea impatiens are, are great, and they come in red and white. And then even the green leaf begonias come in a lot of red and white colors as well. So whether you have full sun or shade, we've got what you need to really make a really gorgeous garden for your front door, your cookout. Begonias are so great, too. So let's think about maybe going ahead. We could do some planting this weekend, but talking about that patriotic theme and those nice, bold colors with the red and the white, especially if I'm looking for uh, maybe some shrubs that are going to stick around, you know, beyond the summertime. What are some bold shrubs that I could maybe consider in those colors? Well, Encore azaleas are one of my favorite shrubs for the landscape because they rebloom spring, summer, and fall, and they come in, in in so many sizes and in so many flower colors. So if you're wanting to go with a patriotic theme, you can plant the red and white ones, but there's also pinks and purples, and they're super low maintenance and just very easy to grow. So that's a really great choice. And what about sun or shade, whatever the right lighting is, if I want to put in a gardenia now? So gardenias really thrive in in partial sun. They can get acclimated to full sun, but I would give them a situation where they have about six hours a day. And you're right, they smell so good, they're evergreen, and they have absolutely gorgeous flowers. So that would be another very good choice that you could even pair with your Encore azaleas. And Kara, I can't let this opportunity pass since we're talking about July 4th and enjoying the outdoors and all of that. Grilling out and and cooking out, whether with a small group or just family or whatever this weekend, I've always been so impressed and a little envious when I go into the stores of the grill lines and the accessories that you guys have for barbecuing. So tell folks what brands to expect there if they want to shop for maybe, I don't know, a smoker this weekend. (laughs) We, we do. I just, you know, love our Kamado Joe line. I have one myself, and I tell you, if you're going to do barbecue, you're going to do steaks, they are fabulous. And we have all the selection of the grills to get you started, and if you're looking for charcoal or even just accessories such as pizza stones, you know, rib racks to go with your grill, we have all that too. I love that. So, guys, head to Pike Nursery this weekend, not only for your grilling accessories, not only for your plants, but if you're uh, attending a a, a little party or gathering this weekend and you need to bring something, if you don't have time to cook food or prepare a meal today, why don't you just pick up a container to go as a little housewarming gift or something for somebody or or a, a hostess gift when you're headed to their house? Everything all packed up, ready for you at Pike Nursery. How can we find the locations, Kara? 
you can go to our website, pikenursery.com, and that will give you our store hours and all the information. We will be open from 9 to 3 today to help you pick out your garden to go for the party that you're going to or any of your grilling accessories, and we can help you put together that patriotic container garden. So come on down to see us, and we'll be glad to help you. I love it. And, folks, if you have any ideas for the gardens, the container gardens you want to do, Bring up a picture, something that you've seen that's inspirational to you. Bring that to Pike Nursery, and one of the associates will walk you around the store to find what's in that photo or find something close or comparable to it, and you can just go to town and let your imagination run away with you, right? (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks. Happy July 4th. Yeah, thank you for having me. Nothing like grilling out, barbecuing, and we just bought a new smoker. My hus- Well, my husband bought a new smoker. I came home, and there it was in the, uh, in the arbor. Wow. But we just did ribs. That was the very first thing. I think the easiest thing to do on a smoker, maybe, uh, for someone starting off. Six hours, uh, baby back ribs on the smoker, and they turned out amazing with a dry rub and then using some, uh, like soaking them in apple juice and using a little bit of honey and brown sugar, So good. So up next is a brisket. If I can find one at the store this weekend, want to try a brisket tomorrow on the smoker. And then the next thing is going to be a pork shoulder, a pork butt. That's going to be easy to take camping and just eat and be able to share with everybody. 404-872-0750. And I want to give a shout out to Tempe, who called a little while ago. We had a caller in the 7 o'clock hour, Alexis, who was asking me, about ideas for perennial summer flowers and something she could still plant now and enjoy for a little bit this summer, but that would come back. And I was spitballing a few, and I think my my perennial summer flower game was a little weak. So Tempe called in, and she suggested Mexican petunias, which are awesome, very tall, like not what you would typically think of as a petunia at all. Tall, stalky flowers with almost like a purplish stem and really pretty green leaves. They're tall with purple flowers. Mexican petunia is really good. Uh, flocks, garden flocks are very common, very popular. False dragon head. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to trust Timpy on that and say that that sounds like a really cool plant. And rutabecchia. Jason, the false did- dragon head is also known as obedient plant. That doesn't help. It's, I still don't it's know. like long stalks. With uh, purple, light purple flowers oh. all up and down them. Okay. Not dragon-like at all. Who no, knows? It's a false. <laughs> so it's not like a dragon. Okay. Yeah, no, that's really good in Rutabecchia. Um, so a lot of you familiar with that, I think that's coneflower. Um, so those come back as well. So thanks for the suggestion. See, that's what I asked for. I said, you know, if I don't know something, I'm going to ask those of you that do, and you call in and you always come to the rescue. So Alexis, I hope you're writing that down. hope you're still listening. 404-872-0750. Up next, out in Douglas County, Tommy in Lithia Springs. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on with your tomatoes? Well, I know I have uh, a few that have a little bit of blossom in rot, and so mm-hmm. I know what to take care of that. But I've got a number of them that uh, the side is almost translucent. It's a real light grayish, and uh, it's just, you know, might as well throw them away when they, when they do that because it's going to take the whole old tomato over. Yeah, so I'm thinking that could be two things. That could either be gray mold, which isn't as common here, but that's definitely something we see. But you would know, I mean, it's it's due to prolonged periods of high humidity, which we know we've had. But you would know because it's a gray, almost like velvety covering of spores. It could be on the leaves and stuff, too, in addition to the fruit. Does it feel like that? Is it textured at no, all? No, no, it, it's just, uh, just, just like you can see through the skin. Okay. 
So that's a little bit of blotchy ripening. So that primarily affects tomatoes. It's it's kind of a, an issue with the tissue not developing properly. So maybe it wasn't, it was a lack of nutrients perhaps, that it just wasn't growing tough enough. And proper irrigation, man, I am telling you, Tommy, you're the third tomato caller of the day. And most of these problems, including your blossom end rot, are all due to not even, I, I don't even want to say poor irrigation because a lot of times it's not within our control. It's definitely nothing we're doing wrong, but tomatoes are some of the toughest as far as just getting that irrigation right. Um, so that was something too. And with the blossom end rot, what are you going to do? Are you going to do that, that rot stop or yeah, rot yeah. stop product? Yeah. That, that may help as well. And that's going to at least get you ahead on some of the ones that aren't exhibiting the blossom end rot yet, but the ones that do, I mean, I think if you can just cut them off and still eat the rest of the tomato, you'll be fine. But I, I think that's just, and that's what it's called, blotchy ripening. I think that that is what that translucent kind of appearance on the skin is. So okay. just better nutrition in the soil, you know, starting off with really just some of that good compost in there and even well, some. Well, uh, it's been about three years ago I plowed in horse manure and, uh, you know, it's still working. So. Mm-hmm for everything else too. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of just the quick little blue miracle grow too. And I was using well, that I, a little I, too I used often. Well, I did on them too. Uh, about about every uh week, week and a half I put some of that on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. And that it may be even a little too often. Now, your plants are probably a good 4 feet tall now, aren't they? 4 or 5 feet tall at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so slack off on the miracle grow maybe. But in the beginning when you and I were using that every week, week and a half, I think that I think that was a great boost too. So good luck combating the rest of the blossom end rod. I hope that doesn't just, that's not the be-all, end-all for you. Oh, uh, me too. Yes. I love my tomatoes. What else are you growing? I've got uh, some yellow squash. They're, they're about to kill us. We're giving those away as fast ah. as we can. <laughs> uh, zucchini. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife loves hot peppers, so I've got got cayenne, habanero, and uh, ghost peppers. I, I hadn't been able to find the uh, uh, Carolina Reaper this year, but I've uh, got string beans. There's about five different colors of uh, bell pepper. Wow. And I've got uh, one watermelon out there. Okay. All right. You may have a, a one, one or two more before the end. Okay. Now tell me about the squash real quick, Tommy. Do you have a trellis for the squash to grow upright, or are you one of those guys that just lets it be? No, it, the the squash are, are uh, the bush squash, so they they, they don't uh, do a whole lot of running. Okay, so they do just fine. You know what I've actually seen, too? You've got a lot of land, which I love, and I've got a little bit of space, too, but folks who just have decks and they want to do squash, they line up. I mean, this is like a, a big thing now. A, large pots you know maybe four five six next to each other on the border of their deck and yeah it's the bush type to where i mean they just do great on decks and large pots too people are finding very clever ways to do more with less space but all right share some of those vegetables with uh with your neighbors in lithia springs boy they're lucky we do (laughs) i love it tommy thank you so much for calling in this morning have a good fourth all right thank you so much and i also heard from alan on facebook too who's had big success with all kinds of peppers this year. He has grown five colors of bell pepper. That's cool. I only knew there was four. Four? Yeah. Green, red, orange, and yellow. So I don't know what the fifth color is. Alan will probably tell me soon. Jalapenos, sweet banana peppers, habanero, poblano, and ghost peppers, too. So ghost peppers, a lot of you love those. I love it. 
404-872-0750. A few minutes to go here on Green and Growing, and then Dave Baker is in on the Home Fix-It show from 9 to noon. So stay tuned. You are listening to 95.5 WSB. I'm Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz with Atlanta's most accurate and dependable by the forecast. Partly cloudy and hot today. We'll top out at 90 degrees. There will be a few isolated storms during the heat of the day. Rain chance at 30%. Overnight and into tomorrow morning, down to the low 70s. Partly cloudy with scattered afternoon storms on Sunday. Rain chance at 40% and a high of 88. An 80% chance of showers and storms Monday with a high of 84. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. Toby Keith, it's like he's in the studio right next door. Patriotic music, courtesy of Jason Byers today, and it's going to continue through Dave Baker's Home Fix-It show as well. So to get you in the mood for Independence Day, I hope you have a really good, safe holiday weekend and you get to share it with a select small gathering of folks. You can't get in uh, too big of crowds right now. It's definitely different not having the Peachtree Road Race, too. My goodness, I have worked every July 4th for Mark Aram on Channel 2 doing traffic, and that is the top traffic story. We have great DOT shots of all of the runners and the closures and all of that, which are obviously the same year after year, but just such a big headline in Atlanta for today, and we're missing that, so that's weird. But y'all are going to be running on Thanksgiving, so you have cooler weather. That's a good thing. Speaking of the weather, update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, there is a chance for an afternoon or early evening thunderstorm possible. I don't think they're going to last very long, though. High around 90, low around 71. Don't forget the sunscreen today. And tomorrow, maybe just a 20% chance of an isolated thunderstorm. And meteorologist Kirk Mellish on his weather blog, he wrote a blog about the 4th of July weekend weather, how hazy, hot, humid it's going to be. But all of that is going to be really good for you to base your weekend around for today and tomorrow if you want to read more on that on wsbradio.com also on wsbradio.com you can go to on demand and then search all of our shows green and growing is on there and you can listen to the podcasts the show on demand jason puts those together at the end of every show hours one two and three that way you can select which hour maybe you wanted to listen back to something that any of us were saying that that you needed to hear again or just listen while you're working in the yard. If 6 to 9 in the morning doesn't work for you, then the on-demand feature on WSBradio.com does. Even Spotify and Google Play, my show is there, which is so cool. I've listened to Spotify for years, and now I'm on Spotify. Oh, my gosh. Like, whoa. So coming up toward the end of the show, and I want to give you three things to do this weekend. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend time to spruce up the deck or the patio maybe you're thinking about getting some stuff done outside like that the chores that we don't want to do and a pressure washer but when using deck wash be sure that it won't hurt surrounding plants you got to consider the chemicals in those you could use plain water oxygenated bleach baking soda or even dish soap but cover the things you want to protect from the pressure washer or that deck wash spray the plants before water them down and spray them after just to make sure you remove any of the residue from the wash product number two you got to continue to deadhead everything flowering knockouts i just did not too long ago with the shears but the flowers the bedding plants too like petunias dianthus coreopsis and impatience that frees up energy for the plant and just makes them look 
good. It makes them look a little bit better, and it's going to continue with flushes of blooms, many of those. And number three, protect the leaves of fruit and vegetable plants from unwanted pests. One thing I'm on the lookout for when I start to see some holes in the leaves of my bell peppers and my tomatoes, it's likely I've got some kind of caterpillar or worm, tomato hornworm. I haven't seen that yet. But BT is going to be the product you want to use. Use that as needed to ward off the caterpillars and the worms and things. Spray the undersides of the leaves, too. Don't forget about that. And some of those, like tomato hornworm, this iridescent, green, fluffy, Alice in Wonderland-looking kind of worm, uh, you can pluck those off and drop them in dish soap, and that is said to, to kill them. But remove them from the area for sure. Stay on top of that. The best thing for your garden is the gardener's shadow. So that's going to keep everything running really well in your garden. Next Saturday, Walter and I are going to have an extensive conversation from 6.30 to 7 about tomatoes. You don't want to miss that. It was so much to pack into 30 minutes, but we cover everything from diseases your tomato plant may get to problems with the fruit and some of the insects and pests that are going to affect your tomatoes. So that'll answer a lot of your questions next Saturday. And then Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission is going to be along to answer more tree questions. You're not going to want to miss that. So yeah, live for the show today, and it's been a pleasure to be with you. I've really enjoyed this Saturday, and I hope you enjoy the weekend. And you don't have to work. If you have to work, I hope it just goes by really quick for you. And stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Georgia State Patrol is out everywhere, and I'm happy to see them. It's been a while since we've seen them. But just keep your speeds down. Keep your distance from other folks. Don't drink and drive and keep everybody safe. I want to hear from you and know that you're out there going back to work on Monday morning. Triple team traffic. I'll be back in the traffic center with Smile and Mark McKay and Mark Aram. You know to listen for us every weekday morning during Atlanta's morning news. So it's been a great Saturday. Thanks for all your calls. Keep the number handy. 404-872-0750 to talk to me next Saturday or to reach Dave Baker coming up in the Home Fix-It show. Thank you to Marco. Thank you, Jason. It's been a good Saturday. Y'all get home safe. I'm going to go home and take a nap, and then I'm going to work out in the yard. So I'll see you all soon. Have a great day. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.